This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 687, brought to you by iFanboy listeners like you. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, and sworn like this, immaculate conception. I transformed like this, performed like this, was shouts you a new weapon. I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your fucking head. This that put the kid. Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week. It's episode 687. I'm Josh Flanagan, I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. Now you might notice, savvy listeners, they are listeners, that Connor does not sound exactly as mellifluous as usual. Now here's what I can tell you. Uh, He's going above and beyond. He is talking to you through an iPad, and you will probably just get used to this as it goes on. And the next time, uh, you'll be like, oh, wow, he sounds great this time. So it's almost like a free bonus. The great thing about doing it through the iPad is when you finally have to go on the run, you can still do the show. <laughs> Although, as we've learned throughout our years, hotel Wi-Fi is spotty. But I'm guessing on the run is not really a hotel. <laughs> no. It's not a I Sheraton mean, pick, situation. I'm picking up Wi-Fi in the woods behind an office building. Yeah, that's um, it's better than no, I, my, my computer's broken, so I'm doing this through my iPad. Um, it's, all, it's all wrong. When you've been doing the show a certain way for 14 or whatever how many years – I'm very confused. See, right it's now. amazing that there are other options now. In the old days, right. there were no other options. Right. And we so just stuck to it. Yeah. I actually have Tim Tim Seeley to thank for this. Because one time I did a explode with him, I think, or don't miss, whatever. Uh, and I was like, you sound great. What are you using? He's like, it's my iPad. And I was like, huh. So here we are. Right. So this I is iFanboy. Every week we talk too much. Except this week we yeah. are going to be on time. We're going to we bring you. it in tight. Got to. Uh, <laughs> we read our stack of comics. One of his picks, their favorite book. We call the the cops are coming. We talk about that book, other books from the week, patron pick. If we have time, key, we'll read some listener mail. It should be a good time. Your spoiler warning is that this is a review show. Unless we're talking about The Walking Dead, which we are not, there will be spoilers. So exercise yourself some <laughs> caution. And if you didn't get spoiled by Walking Dead somewhere out there, that's amazing because I saw a picture of the thing and then under it, it said like spoiler free review. I was like, it is not. 
The picture counts. <laughs> well, I, w- I was immediately spoiled by my most trusted confidant. Uh huh. Immediately, like like hours after the show. Not me. No. no Wait. No. So you're saying you trust somebody more than me? <laughs> I'm a little hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. just heard that person yell from the other room. Okay, so. no, that makes sense. I'll buy that one. Um, yep, that'd uh, be the so, one person I would be okay with. Uh, Pick of the Week is mine, and it was Le- Event Leviathan number one, uh, the six-issue miniseries that we've been leading to throughout Bendis' run, at least on action comics. Mm-hmm. The story in Superman's been slightly different. We're going to talk about that in a second. And so here we are, uh, Bendis and Alex Maleev. I will say also, if you say Event Leviathan out loud, it's right. difficult. Does not does not made for speaking out loud. It's a lot of syllables. I I'm, I'm going to say there's a lot, this was an interesting week of comics. I'm not going to say it's a great week. It was an interesting week. There was a lot of interesting books, um, and a lot of good books and books I enjoyed. And this was the one that was maybe the weirdest. And for that, I kind of liked it. In that, I I mean, I'll I think everyone wanted to leave to draw a Batman story, but, but like. A big old Green Arrow, Batman, the question, things blowing up, adventure story in the DCU is not really what you think of when you think of Alex Maleev. And for that reason, I kind of really loved the choice. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just weird enough to make it super interesting. And I don't mean weird in that he's bad. He's a terrific artist. Sure. It's just he, he's a very specific kind of artist. And you just don't expect the big DC story to have this kind of guy on it. And I'm glad he's on here. And one of the, as we talked about, one of the side benefits of Bendis coming over is he's bringing all of his artistic collaborators, people who haven't worked or we haven't seen much work on DC from. And so it's really interesting to see them doing these characters. Did you see uh, – this is a side thing that we don't have time for, but here we go. I saw that Malie, or not Malie, Mike Diodato Jr. On, on Twitter was like, this is my last day at Marvel for 24 years. And I was like, well, I guess I know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So he'll be over. He'll be doing action comics soon. But um, so the story is that uh, you know, Leviathan is attacked. We saw them start the attack in action comics, and now the full-on attack has begun. And I thought it was actually it was showcased really effectively where uh, Batman and Lois Lane appear at the wreckage of Argus when they find Steve Trevor who's clearly traumatized. And then we back up 42 minutes and see the attack. And I thought, I thought it was uh, structurally, it was really good. And then, so when the, when the building actually explodes and then Steve is saved by a bubble and everyone else dies, I, I really felt his trauma. You know, he, as he watched helplessly as all of his coworkers die. Why does he have a bubble? I, don't know, I think we're going to probably find out. Okay. So it's not like, he, I he didn't, didn't know do that it. Was... He, no, he, he okay. didn't do it. Le- Leviathan did it. So um, that was interesting. And I also find it really interesting, the grouping of characters. So you've got Batman, Lois Lane, Green Arrow, who's terrific, and Bendis should write Green Arrow. Um, Clearly. <laughs> and the question lurking, and then a little bit of Steve Trevor. It's, a, it's all very familiar characters, mm-hmm. but in an interesting and unusual grouping. Like Steve, Batman, Steve Trevor, and Lois Lane teaming up for a story, and then Green Arrow shows up is not usual. That's new. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely. Well, I haven't seen that. And so they're fun together. And Bendis writes really good Lois, who's, as we've seen Superman. He writes a great Green Arrow. He writes a pretty solid Batman. And Steve Trevor is sort of a blank slate, so he can be whatever you want mm-hmm. him to be. And uh, the question is is the question. So it's you know it's still it's a very street level character story, but with a, in, a, in a very I don't say cosmic, it's not, but a very large 
DC story, if you can call it that, because it crosses all of the major spy organizations, Argus and Cobra and Spiral and DEO and, and Task Force X. And so, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about the Levita to this, and I've, I've been enjoying it. And now that it's finally playing out, seeing these guys assist the rebel drawn by Malie was, was a very much ton of fun for me. I don't know if this is a thing, but like, is there is there good Malieve or has there been bad Malieve? Malieve is always good. Yeah, Malieve is always good. Yeah. So in, in the but this is particularly good Malieve. So I'm, I'm just like yeah. you know like you you do a great job every time, Chef. Thanks so much. But this tart is amazing this week, and I don't know what the difference is. That's what I'm. Getting well, I think is, isn't this his debut at DC? I mean, if you don't count the, um, the like the the, the anniversary issue. No, I was going to say the, the the indie books, whichever one he was just on that I don't Right, know. but I mean like his yes. his DC Universe debut. So then you you think he'd really pull out all the stops. This is good, good belief. And mm-hmm. I had a passing thought at the double page spread where we see all of the names of all the organizations and we see Talia once again in that white dress. Do you think that was a mistake in that issue when Lois is drawn in that dress? I mean, there was there was a mistake. Whether it's I mean, the artist or, I mean, if if, yeah, I think it'd have to be. It it almost feels like it because it has it. Yeah, we're seeing her again, and so that this is very spe- specifically her look, I guess, for the story. Yeah. And I just wonder if, like, you know, it was either changed to Lois or it was like, oh, whoops, he drew the brunette girl, the two brunette girls, the same, and. I don't know. It, I just passed, it just crossed my mind again because it hasn't really been mentioned. It's since. some closet shit. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think anyway, I think you're right. I hadn't actually considered that. I think it's a, I think it was a mis- It had to have been like an art mistake. The only other bad. option would be that it was a writing mistake, or they took something out that would have explained it. Right. Like it got edited to, and then it was left confusing. But I don't. So, think so. He, here's the deal: if you're not reading Bendis's run, you can read this issue. And you can jump into this six-issue story. Yeah, I think so. It, 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 it rewinds enough into what was coming. You don't have the full texture, but you don't necessarily need the full texture to just enjoy the story. Mm-hmm. You obviously will enjoy it more if you've been reading the whole way through. But it tells you enough about Leviathan. It tells you enough about them attacking all the agencies. You know, Basically, by starting a crime scene, you have to basically it's, – it's, it's a nice way to actually sort of tell the audience stuff again because Batman's finding clues and, and things. So you, you're caught up enough. So if you are interested, perhaps, in Bendis' take on the DCU and seeing Malieve drawing these characters and Bendis doing Green Arrow, you can totally read this issue and not have having read all the other Action Comics issues. And you'll, you'll catch up just fine. Yeah. You know what's funny is that like the Leviathan part of all these comics is really not one of my favorite parts of it. My favorite mm-hmm. parts have been the characterizations. I think and mm-hmm. sort of the challenge that the, that the characters have had and how well they get portrayed, I guess, throughout of it. The, the, I'm kind of interested to see how they solve this problem, but I don't really care too much about it. And I almost, because I'm, I'm, we've been through this so many times, like, I'm like, I don't know how this could be satisfying. So I'm actually still more focusing on the, Hey, let's watch these guys hang out together. That's fun. Put them in a room. Right, and, that, and you can enjoy this in many levels. And right now, I'm I'm reading over some of the dialogue again with Green Arrow, and he's just terrific. Yes, he's, he's, he's that, terrific in this. Does that surprise you in any way? No, it's per, he's perfect for Bendis. Yeah. So, event Leviathan, and I really thought that was like a placeholder title for a while, but apparently it's not. 
number one. I love this issue. I love looking at it. I love the characterizations. And look, I've seen some complaints about it. Look, it was very talky, but it's it's, it's Bendis. What do you want? This is what he does. I mean, and this is what he does best. I didn't find it particularly talky in that way. Like, I didn't you, find it either. Yeah. If you look at like an but, old Powers, you're like, well, that's talky. But it's it's five characters hanging out at a crime scene while they figure out what happened. That's that's talking. And uh, I thought it was a very suspenseful and interesting, you know, action sequence when when, when the guy dressed up as a Leviathan actually attacks. So, mm-hmm. or whatever, not dressed up as he is Leviathan, but uh, and that's a creepy mask. Yeah, it's good. It stuff. looks good. It's it a good looking good. book. It's a fun book. I don't know that I would have made it my pick of the week, but I can. I think you can justify it. I think that I understand that. I, I wouldn't have a that's problem. Okay. With it. That's where we are. So now I am conflicted about Superman 12, as we have been many times in the past, about this particular issue. Not issue, but this story of, what's this dude's name again? Rogel Czar? Rogel. He shouldn't be on, in the comic the same week as Gagor. Um <laughs> The guy who really blew up Krypton, and here I liked this. I, so he's he's free of this Phantom Zone, and I feel like we stopped this, we paused this storyline, and went and did something else. And now we're back at it. Is that true? I feel like that's the case, but I, I think the the pause is the side aside of hey, where did John go? Right, and then he came back, but how it's related to that, and then you've got the other bit with. Uh, Kara, Zara, uh, Supergirl, Kara, Kara? Yeah. yeah, and Kara, she's yeah. like, "I got to go take care of this," and I was like, "I don't know what she's talking about." Um, <laughs> and then John's like, "I'm going to go with her," and I was like, "I still don't know what they're talking about," but fine, whatever. I liked them all being together. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the panel where they hug. Yeah, I was Crypto actually just looking at that little little paw on Kyle's leg. Like that was sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Kara being thrown off because John's older. Mm-hmm. So I like all the character interactions again. It's just that. The more we delve into, oh, there was some sort of conspiracy to blow up Krypton, and Jarrell mm-hmm. maybe was involved, and Gagor blew it up. I just none of that's good. None of that's good. Uh, remind me, mm-hmm. did uh, 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 Jorel coming back precede Bendis? Yes. Okay. That was a Jurgen thing, Mister Oz. So what's interesting about that is that in this issue, this is one of the first times where he was talking. I was like, all right, I buy that this is Jor-El. There was mm-hmm. a little bit in there. And I know it is the same thing. Like, oh, there was this great conspiracy and we were all part of the thing. And I know that we're sick of that or whatever. But there was a little bit where, I don't know, he's writing it. He's writing him a little different and I would say a little better to be believable before he was too arch. And there was yep. a bit here where you see like, no, I, this was a really smart dude who was trying to do stuff and things went wrong and it's been a long time and he's gone a little off, but he is a good guy in there. It's very subtle. I couldn't tell you why I, I got that feeling, but I thought I'm, I'm starting to buy it here. Basically, where he's explain he's explaining sort of what happened. Clark is like, you have to tell me, you know, and he's like, my planet, my people. I'm still doing everything I can to make the universe united. You know, I, I bought that more than I had before. And I, I think maybe it's just that Bendis took him, you know, and is tweaking him a little as he goes. It's, it's not so much that I don't like the secret conspiracy angle. It's the idea that there's a purity to Superman's origin. You know, the, the, the hubris leading to the natural disaster that no one could stop, not even Superman. And now it becomes, no, it was a man-made thing that, it, you know, people did specifically. It loses the tragic angle of it. The idea that 
The hubris of the Kryptonians killed them, not some conspiracy. They weren't murdered. You know, the murder makes it less interesting than, oh, th- uh, we didn't do anything to stop this, even though we could have, and now we're all dead. That's that's tragic. No, you're, you're right, but also we don't quite know. It might be the thing. We don't know yet, but I will say this. It's leading to good stuff. I really liked yeah. the Superman-Zod conversation in Super That was Speed. great. I've never seen that before. That's another one. I was like, oh, that's new. That's good. He's like, hey, dude, you're Kryptonian, too. <laughs> you should be helping me. That was really great. I mean, And then the way it ended, too, was not like yeah. a handshake. It was like, eh, maybe, but probably go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, Which I thought was good. And look, we could find out because the next issue, the real actual truth about Krypton, as they arrive at the ruins of Krypton. Sure it is. We could find out that this was all a feint. And that's totally great. And if, if so, it'll be terrific. But for now, I'm a little worried. Because well, that's I what's feel supposed like to should. happen. I mean, that's that, that's the, it's supposed to be the feint. It's supposed to be professional wrestling. We should right. feel like something's going to change, but nothing will change. It's like when they hinted that, that the, the Thomas and Martha Wayne were you know assassinated and not just randomly killed. That would totally change. You mean like they the did tenor, in tenor Iron Batman. Man? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Don't do an Iron Man on this. The Flash number 72... So I've been enjoying this. I, I really have. Uh, it's I like a whole up. new Williamson. Um, it's not bogged down in the, the metal stuff, and it's just it's it's like Williamson's old. You know, was writing Flash before that yeah. all got bad. And uh, despite Barry's increasingly ridiculous outfits and the fact that he's running around as a Flash without a mask, um, I really like this. But it makes sense story. in this inst- in this instance because he's not Flash yet. And what's funny right. is that at first I thought, do you really need to do Flash Year One? Haven't we covered this? And then as I'm reading, I was like, I actually don't know that I've read stories about this time. And you can't fault Flash for having not having Year One when everybody else gets a Year One. They definitely did. JLA Year One. No, no, I know. I'm just thinking back. There's definitely been a Flash. Was it a Wally Year One? There was a there was at one point a Flash Year One mm-hmm. around the, the Jeff Johns era, or maybe it was Wade, but it was definitely. This is this is new to two flashier one. Regardless, yeah. we don't really see a lot of early Barry stories in these books, so it does feel fresh. Yeah, I went back because I missed the last one last time, and I caught up on that and read this one. Um, and it's hard for me to tell the difference of where one is the other, but it's pretty good. It's uh, it's interesting. It's I don't know where it's gonna, you know, I don't know what's happening. I really like. I mean, I, I think it's probably. Like the turtle's lame, but also totally that's fine. That works. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea that uh, the Lensnart gang has, you know, the glasses <laughs> is fun. Um, the fact that uh, I like that they were arguing amongst each other with the loot over their shoulders, mm-hmm. a block from the cops. That's the best part. Is that these? It was like, oh, these are old silly Flash comics. The cops like you see in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, and, and Iris just being like, hey, can I ask you some questions? Like, what are you, an idiot? But she's ballsy, and that's fun. I thought the, I thought the cliffhanger here was really great. Yes, it was. Because yeah, ba- yeah. You know, Barry goes all out to stop these guys from shooting everyone, catches all the bullets, stops Iris from dying. And you see him come home, and he's tired, and he's got his hand uh, on his chest, and he's breathing hard, and he's got his head against the wall. And you just think he's exhausted. And then you turn the page and he's been shot. The bullet, one of the bullets hit him. And I thought it was a great page turn and a great cliffhanger. Yeah, good page just in general. I mean, yeah. uh, this is this is this is quality uh, uh, Howard Porter, by the way. I don't know if we elucidated that. 
Um, that's a, that was a wonderful sequence. And it's great because we off, we so often see like, you know, oh, I figured out my powers. I can suddenly do everything. Everything's moving slow, you know. And we've seen the Flash do this a hundred times. So we, so we have nothing to worry about. He's been shot. That's oh, that's significant. Right. You know, there's real growing pains to this stuff. Yeah, um, this is this is terrific. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we go from here. I mean, not 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 in a bad way. Just like usually, you know, we we went through the whole metal stuff where it was the Sage Force and the Speed Force and the Strong Force, and then. We've stopped now to do year one, which is great. And now the question, you know, what's great is I don't know what comes next, so that's fun. Do we? Yeah, and uh, and old Barry knows, but he can't say anything. Do we know why he has the Starship Enterprise thrusters on his ears? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, that wasn't a moment that I missed, right? Like I get, I was like, oh, that's going to evolve into his mask. But what the hell is that? Well, at one point he was wearing like kind of a half mask hood thing. I thought that's what he transitioned to, and then we go back to him not wearing anything in the face. No. So it was weird. His forehead is the bridge. Did you finish reading Giant Man? No, I never started reading Giant Man. We both did because the first issue was a patron pick. I believe I didn't do the show that week, so I didn't read it. Okay, interesting. I actually really like this, and this got better. This was a little three issue miniseries, and I didn't. I wasn't sure about the first issue. And you you read the first issue? It was when the stupid joke about the you must be pee my pin pants. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah. Well, that's how much it stuck with me. Right. So. Um, yeah, it was a mixed bag. Yeah, and then but I thought the second issue was stronger. I thought this issue was really good. Um, I don't understand why it just wasn't the War of the Realms colon Giant Man like all the other tie-in miniseries. I don't know why Giant Man gets its own miniseries that's only sort of you know branded War of the Realms at the top but not in the title. It doesn't make any sense. Is there a Giant Man movie coming out? Not that I'm aware of. Right. But this ended up being really strong. Um, in this issue, they you know they they reached their, their goal was to they were sent by Freya to go kill. The Frost Giant, uh, his, was, his name escapes me because they're all long, Ikea names. Ymir. And, uh, That's short. short. Um, they reach to him. They find out something horrible. He's, he's sort of been captured by the, uh, you know, the, the bad guys, and they cut pieces off of him, and those pieces grow into Frost Giants. And he's, he's you know, mumbling, kill me. And so it's a, bit, it's a bit more gray than they'd expected it to be. And they also find all the women in Florida. That was one of the subplots. Was all the women in Florida were missing, and all? they've been, yeah. But this, all of them, and then you only see like twenty five. You're like, oh, here we found all the women. We're like, those are all the women in Florida. <laughs> um, and they're being used to cut the pieces off and grow the new, the new, the new giants. And it was just, and then his daughter's there. Cassie's one of the women. And she helps save the day. It just it ended up being a really strong story with a lot of interesting character stuff from people i don't really know and i don't you know i know scott lang sort of and then the other guys i have no idea who they are but um it didn't really matter i felt the weight of their decisions i felt their their uh confusion about what they should be doing because things got a lot more complicated than they thought it would and it just and their but also their sense of duty because they all thought they were going to die anyway but uh and the art art was really strong the art from marco castiello Mm mm-hmm um, it was good too. It was this was a really fun little three issue miniseries. Again, these little offshoots from the War of the Realms have been really strong. Um, they tell they, they tell really interesting stories. The characters are fun, mm-hmm. and uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I was impressed. Leah Williams and Marco Castiello were the creative team. I'm gonna just believe you on that. I like that. It yeah, no, around. I mean, it's not, I, I'm not saying it's a must read, but I'm saying if you had stuck with it, I think you would have enjoyed it all the way through. All right. Well. You never know. So here's one of the, here's a fun fact. Because I'm not on my computer, I don't have a clock in front of me. I've got no idea how we are doing on time. But we're going to take a quick break to talk about how you can help the show. 
you can you can maybe estimate, but I don't know. I, I I'm following. You're good. You're good. It's pretty good. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. That's the main way you can help. That's where you go to become a patron. Help us out directly. Um, our next stretch goal over Patreon is to add a monthly non-comics media podcast, which Josh and I will talk about something non-comics related once a month. And also, we will upload all the missing minis and YouTube shows to our YouTube channel, all the ones that were uh, taken off of the air, and I'll also re embed them on our website so you can find all of our old podcasts. That's literally hours upon untold hours of content there. So if you're looking for more, that's where you can do You can help us at patreon.com slash ifamaway. I think Josh and I would have talked about Chernobyl. Probably. Almost definitely. And the anxiety induces. Are you worried now? Is it at least as much anxiety as playing The Sims? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's a different kind of anxiety. <laughs> one is existential and one is just really um, <laughs> personal. Oh, why am I cleaning this fake house? My real house needs to be cleaned. iFanboyOfHeadless.com is where you can find a t-shirt. iFanboy logo, her and Pixel Podcast ratings. One of the Electro GDAT. Let's make sense of something matters. I know we've been talking about a new design. Lots of real life stuff has gotten in the way lately. And, uh, real real life stuff to... too. Not even like penny ante shit. You know, like oh, I got to go to a bar. It's like oh shit, I got to deal with this. Um, and so it's 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 been getting in the way of us working on that design. So it may not make it before Comic Con. Although I really want it. Fanboy.com slash support. That's where you can help us out via PayPal directly. Lots of people did you do that? Thank you very much. And also Fanboy.com slash Amazon. As you can find links to the books we talk about on the Booksplode show, as well as a general Amazon link. And we do thank you, everyone who does that, to support the show. Any, any of the above. All of the above. Or just listen. If that's all you can do, that's fine, too. Or vote for none of the above. What's that from? That is from... Oh, shit. What is that None from? of the above. So it's a mayoral race. Isn't it mayor or is it president? Yeah. And they end up winning. Yeah. Wonder Twins, number five. Good news on the Mark Russell front. Normally, when you have news on Mark Russell, it's that his book's been canceled. Uh, <laughs> this time, the news is that Wonder Twins has been ex- extended from six issues to 12. Wow. That's, so, that's the anti-Mark Russell equation. I know. He probably didn't know what to do with that phone call. <laughs> is this a, He's checking. Is this a, is a phone? What? Mom. Uh, it's DC calling. They're probably cutting me off at five to six. Nope, they're extended to twelve. So that's that's good news because I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> and it's not really like one overall story, although it kind of is. So he can. It's not like sometimes when you extend something and they don't know what to do. Like he can keep going in different directions with this with this particular group of characters. Although clearly this story here right now is about this one group of yeah lame superheroes. But uh, but it took a serious turn this week. Well, the Wonder Twins. Yeah, the Wonder Twins were barely in it. Which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the Wonder Twins book. I forgot about it. So the overall story, like, he's doing the thing where he's balancing actual stories with uh, some wackiness and fun, but still getting to a point. This reminded us bits of this that reminded me of um, the Prez book, uh, where we initially mm-hmm. met Mark Russell. Um, right. I don't remember specifically what. I do know that when Red Flag came back on, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a real funny gag. <laughs> and, and I laughed. And then I think my, my favorite... My favorite sequence is, what's the, who's the guy with the, what's the name of the guy with the, with the white guy with the red thing on his chest? The Scrambler? No, oh, no, no, that, the other dude. I don't know what his name is. I couldn't this remember. This is why everyone needs to be named at least once in an issue. Yeah, no, I know. I was like, oh, that was a bit of a rookie move, not, not naming him there. Um, but he, the last panel of the one page where he gets, he's like, excuse me for a moment, I'm feeling dangerously dehydrated, which is a funny <laughs> line on its own. And then you page term. <laughs> Sand jumping out of the fountain yelling, total refreshment. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was right up there with punch him in the beef as far as I'm concerned. And then, it's a great tagline. Then you come in with a second panel and you've got Zayna <laughs> leading a pack of uh, some kangaroos. There's Marsupials. A pe- Marsupials, a peacock. There's an ostrich. Ostriches. Uh, it seemed to be Australian animals. Oh, yeah. Wonder from down under. That's that page. I was fine with that page. That could have been the whole book. It's just that's all that one needed. And then the rest of it was was fun too. Uh, well, staying in that scene, so Zayna, Zayna, Jaina had been dating Red Flag. Dated went on one date with Red Flag. So he's he's the stand-in for toxic masculinity, and uh, he starts punching a kangaroo, <laughs> <laughs> and she, she, he's like, "That's not her, man." And then, and then another kangaroo comes out and starts whacking him in the face. Thump, 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 that, thump. that was great. Excellent. Um, uh, we're uh, sound effects in this one. So we, we're you know we're talk, we're dealing with uh, prison the prison system in this issue, and then there's also you know racism and the old the old the old uh, lady villain who's racist, and then she ends up accidentally shooting uh, Philo, who's part of her team, who's also the father of Zena's friend, and killing him. Just because he's a black man at her door, um, and then uh, so that's the other serious bit for this. Um, and then on the wackier sort of side, social commentary side, I loved. It's such a stupid gag, but I love the idea that everyone on Lex News has shaved head. <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, that's good. I also like the first, phrase. I thought it was a background joke because you see a, you see an ad for them in the back. We're your family now, Lex News. They have all got a shaved head. I thought that was funny. But then we actually watched Lex News throughout the issue, and everyone on them, including the women, have a shaved head. It's a good time. That's funny. I also like the phrase "Meanwhile in the Phantom Zone," and I was looking at that, and I said, "There better be a koala." There he is. Okay, good. So the guy isn't dead. Well, which we, we kind of thought because she zapped him with a ray gun, and everyone thinks he's dead, but he's not actually dead. Kryptonian technology it was a good issue. It was fun. It was a very good issue, and the scrambler continues to be really funny. What do you have to tell me about the further adventures of Tom Taylor in Marvel Comics? Well, I was curious because you you have discovered Tom Taylor, mm-hmm. last week's pick of the week writer, and. Uh, I told you he was doing a very good Spider-Man book. And, and I had read one and, of the issues of it, I believe. And I, I was curious if you would have gone and picked it up this week. I know. For the neighborhood Spider-Man number seven, drawn by Ken Lashley, who is a really terrific superhero artist. But like many superhero artists, and this is not a dig on him this, because a lot of people have this problem. Really great Spider-Man, real big problems drawing people wearing suits. Mm-hmm. Like a real big problem drawing people wearing suits. You know, just a lot of superhero artists spend so much time drawing people in tights that they don't necessarily know how to draw all their other kind of clothing. It, 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 takes, it takes me out of the book whenever I see somebody wearing a really bad suit. Alan Davis. Anyway, that's a whole other problem. That's just stuck in a certain time. Sure. Um, so here, the, it's the aftermath of Aunt May's cancer diagnosis. She's trying to get back to normal life. The only other weird thing is there's a flashback to when Peter's a kid and Aunt May and ben, Uncle Ben look old. And then we flip to, into the present day and Aunt May has not changed. In fact, she looks younger. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's reopening her um, emergency food emergency aid shelter training, which is Feast, her Feast Center that she runs. And uh, many of the local business luminaries show up to say, hey, we don't want this shelter in our neighborhood. It's going to bring down property values. And then um, they send the Prowler to there to cause trouble. And in the course of Spider-Man fighting the Prowler, 
the shelter burns down. So it was a funny issue. It was an action-packed issue, and then it, then it punches you in the beef at the end. Because uh, although Peter didn't do it, the fight and his his roommate Boomerang, who was a bad guy but shows up to help anyway, ends up accidentally burning down the shelter. And so um, that's bad. I say pick this up. If you like Tom Taylor, if you want to get in on the Tom Taylor train now that you're now that it's rolling, um, it's a very good Spider-Man book. And this is this week all the Spider-Man books came out. All right, I just I just wasn't looking at it. I wasn't looking at a title, man. I I understand. I, understand. I know. It's fine. Fine. Um, we also had Spider-Man Life Story number four, which was the '90s issue. Now that we're in the '90s, and everyone is supposed to be much older than they look in the book. Hmm. Um, and since it's the '90s, the meta level of this is that it's all about the Clone Saga, which we had already introduced in the '80s, but now we're full on it. In which uh, Ben Riley is in Chicago as a photographer, and then he gets pulled back to New York by Doctor Octopus, and uh, it's it's implied that Ben's the real clone, the real Peter, and Peter's the clone. I believe that was the, one of the plots of the cl- real Clone Saga. I have no, I have almost no knowledge of the Clone Saga as it is, so I don't know. I didn't read it all the way through, but I what I did read, I have had scrubbed from my brain because mm-hmm. it was so bad. But I believe that was one of the things of the Clone Saga was that Ben was really Peter and Peter was really Ben this whole time. Um. But then they may have undone that, as they did here. Anyway, what did you think of this issue? I think it does a really good job of seeming like it's from a different era while being modern at the same time. But there's a couple of things where I was like, that's silly. And then I thought, nah, I think it works in this context. Mm-hmm. But like, you have to adjust your expectations, so it's kind of interesting in that way. And I think having Bagley on it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bagley's doing a really good job, but if it was on any other book, I don't think I'd like it. Um but there are interesting ideas and thoughts and the fact that there's no, you know, there's no constraints. They can kind of do whatever. Like, it lets you take Peter Parker to places that he, you, he hasn't before. Having him actually be older and have mm-hmm. a different point of view. And, all you know, like, his kids left him and, and you know, it's kind of kind of all that's interesting. Uh, and I really thought at the end, I was like, well, that must be the last one. <laughs> uh, nope. And then, no, the 2000s are next. So he better have a paunch. Well, I mean, you have the super spider strength and metabolism, so that he's he's probably in a better shape than the standard. What, how old is he? In his fifties, something like that. So he's obviously better shaped than your standard fifty-year-old. However, he's still. I thought the I thought Actually, one I of the he's supposed to be in his forties here because if he was in his twenties, was he in, in his twenty 60s. or his teens in the sixties? Going into college, so we'll, we'll call it teens. So he'd be late forties in this one, which maybe they overdid it a little, but whatever. I thought it was a little inconsistent in the way they, he portrayed the faces. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes it would just look like regular Peter Parker, and then other times he had a lot of wrinkles on his face. Also, that second-to-last page has one of the worst car drawings I've seen in a professional comic in quite some time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike Riley. The rest of the issue was great. That was a bad car. I didn't even notice it, but I see it now. I wonder if he's trying to do a 90s car. I mean, it looks like a Ford Taurus or something, but it just is not. Like, the perspective's off. It's... You know we what's a nice sequence? Time- one of the, yeah. I think the best sequence in this was there was a, a wordless page. It's uh, on your digital reader. It's page 25. A car that looks better than the other one drives up to wherever Harry is. There's a biker outside, and he looks mm-hmm. at him menacingly. Uh, Peter looks down at the motorcycle. The next panel is him holding the motorcycle up high, and the biker's like, screw this, and runs away. <laughs> I thought that was really – and I thought that's not our Peter Parker anymore. 
But right. it is. It's just a, a, a rougher version of it. I thought it was a really nice page. Yeah, and uh, we talked a little bit about in the 80s issue how back they really wasn't taking the opportunity to really go for the fashions, make it distinctly 80s, and this is sort of similar here, although I thought maybe some of the glasses, especially ones that Ben Riley's wearing in the beginning, are kind of 90s. They're very round. and I, I, I suspect that Mark Bagley has no idea. It's possible. Uh, Peter's dating Jessica Jones. Yeah. Tony Stark's an asshole. I like that. Uh, I thought this is, this is. I still continue to enjoy this. This is fun. And I also think this is really shows you why everybody who wanted Peter to age along with you was were all they were all wrong. I agree. It's not how we, we don't we don't want comics to go like this. It's fun as a one off, but you don't want an angry. Late forties Peter Parker in your comic as your star, the star of your Spider-Man comics. I mean, yeah, you want it for this, but you don't want it to be the regular. No. So now I, because I don't have my computer this week, I was not able to get five years number two. So you have to take the rain, the reins on this. Uh, I have a subscription because previously I thought I set it up, but I guess I didn't. Yeah, I have a subscription to five years number two. Uh, what was interesting about this one is that um, this is uh, the continuation of all of Terry Moore's stories coming together. Um, this whole one focused on Rachel mm-hmm. um, as they are meeting a shady contact in Russia uh, that has the names of the people who are working on building the Phi Bomb there. Um, yeah. It's a really interesting um, uh, uh, sort of confrontation at the beginning. Um, that then results in a fight and the death of one of the people, um, uh, the person they're meeting. Uh, and then whoever this other girl is, that's the part I don't understand. There's another girl here, Zoe. Zoe is was killed and then comes back to life, but she's still young. Like So she looks like a little girl, but she's 50. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the tough thing about these books is, and I enjoyed the first issue of this, yeah. and I enjoyed, I enjoyed Strangers in Paradise 25, and I enjoyed Motor Girl, um, is he doesn't really help you. You really have to be kind of a super, Terry Moore super fan to really follow who all the characters are and their histories are. Yeah, and so that was sometimes it, doesn't, it doesn't Sometimes it doesn't matter, but sometimes it does. Yeah, then there was another really good sequence. Uh, basically, someone gets stabbed. And it's sort of like a drive-by, like a prison stabbing. Like you're kind of people mm-hmm. walking by and someone gets an injury, but it, there's a crowd and the person who did it disappears. Uh, it was done right. really well. Um, Rachel looks exactly like Kachu. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So that was a little <laughs> tough. She has the same button nose. And I was trying to figure out, this is not a complaint. I was trying to figure out why he shades everybody's nose that way. Every single it's, nose it's, gets the shade, which kind of doesn't it's, make sense. It's his thing. I guess. Because the nose would be the it. thing that has more light on it, usually. Yeah. Um, I really think, and this is this is my new crusade, that in every comic, every main character should be called by their name. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's a pretty standard rule of thumb. But it's not something that happens in, in most comics now. I mean, with, with yeah. a superhero comic, yeah. everyone's wearing a costume. It's one thing. I still think you should do it for people who've never read a yeah, comic book. Yeah, you're, supposed, book to, you're supposed to overdo it. I think, every, I think people are very into their reality and verite of it because it doesn't make the dialogue sound sense for us but that should be a thing i mean it, it is it's like and it, and it was but especially a in a book like that where that. all of the characters are women who look the same mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of blonde women that, in the book who have the same face mm-hmm. and so have them talk to each other but call them, i know i you know just do it it's just you there have was to. some of that like i was able to find the names of the people and they talked about it but you, you're right um 
and I, again, I don't want this to sound like the review of that is is bad. I thought it was a really good issue, and it was much smaller than the previous one, meaning it was just a couple of characters doing a thing, and it wasn't, and uh, I mean, it is end of the world, but it wasn't focusing on it from a larger standpoint. It's just a nice cartooning <laughs> and sort of action fight scenes and stuff like that. It's really good. So there you go. Those are the books that came out this week. If you go to patreon.com slash fanboy and join up, you can vote to add a book to the rundown. And we had a blowout this week, the likes of which we have not seen in forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patreon pick this week is Silver Surfer, Black Number One from Donnie Case and Trad Moore, Dave Stewart, Clayton Cowles, and it won by like 15 votes or something crazy like that. We haven't seen that in forever. Really? It wasn't even Dave a contest. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't even a contest. So this is coming out of Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a spinoff, I guess, miniseries. Yeah, 105. Um, in that book, a bunch of the characters got thrown into a black hole. And so here we followed them into that black hole you know as the silver surfer saves most of them but is stuck there himself and uh very un marvel like art well i guess it, eh, maybe yes maybe no by trad moore who's terrific i'm yeah, trying to figure out where i've seen him before trad so, the last thing know. he did was i want to say the ghost rider um that uh with the the new kid the kid with the car Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely did that. One of those reboots of it. I've known him around for years. I, I mean, when I'm, I didn't know him. I met him once, but uh, I see his name around for years. He did, um, oh, Luther Strode. Uh, That's probably where I'm at, thinking at of. Image for a while. Um, yeah. That was a very different style. That almost had like a like a John Romita Jr. kind of thing going on. Whereas this, I was like, why does it look like this? This isn't how he normally draws. But they're in the black hole, and everything is kind of weird and misshapen. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, oh, the colors are very flat. The lines are all very flat, and it's uh, it's kind of trippy. And also, so we we Donny Cage has done this whole long epic saga in the future with Cosmic Ghost Rider and Danos, and in that story, the Silver Surfer was all black, was he not? I believe so. So this would be That's... how he got that way. This is how C three PO got that red arm. Right. So here. Through the course of one of his many adventures, he has to exert a lot of power and turns his hand black, his uh, his right, his left hand black. So uh, maybe that, that maybe it'll spread like a like gangrene, or it'll because of more power output. But the beginnings of that future Silver Surfer are happening here. I liked this. Uh, I didn't love it, but I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, but. I actually don't like the Silver Surfer, and I never have. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, the problem here is a common Silver Surfer problem, and, and it did not happen in the Dance a Lot book. It was it was very much the opposite. Is that it's very emotionally reserved, mm-hmm. and it's very much keeps you at a distance because the character is like that. Yeah, and that's totally fine in a group setting or in, in a guest star setting, but it's it can be difficult when he's the main character. Mm-hmm. Um. And Dan Slott's story was very much the opposite of that. So that's why, it, it, for me, I think it was so effective. But he, I mean, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I liked the art a lot. I liked the story. It just felt, you know, when you're at an arm's length for the main character, emotionally, it's it's it can be less appealing. But I did I did have a lot of fun reading it. I think it was interesting. It looked cool. really good. So you just thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. The bit at the end is uh, null. That's the Venom God. Mm-hmm. That, that ties it back to his Venom run. Mm. So, you know. I don't like that as much. No, it was kind of, I mean, it was just kind of trippy and like all these souls. And I, I, it's, it felt like a Silver Surfer book. And I never read Silver Surfer books. 
I'm I have a feeling this is really good if you like this kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I mean, you still have, you still have the Donny Cates, you know, spice to it, which I like. Yeah, I, there was a bit where um, they're trying to get out of the black hole, and they they tell, uh, basically, Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, it tells Beta Ray Bill like you know, summon the hammer or the the axe or whatever it is. And well, he takes wraps. Ghost Rider's chains. Yeah, yeah. There's the whole there was a whole like oh, I thought that was really nice. Uh, I like that sequence, and I liked the I liked the way it was drawn, although. It's not my favorite kind of story, but like I was impressed with all the weird, you know, like his the abs, all the bodies look different. Everybody's proportions yeah. are off in here, and I think that's that's fun. It must have been a ton of fun for the art team to do. Yeah. Um. But I just it just wasn't my thing. Did you download the director's cut? I think it was the only one that was available. I freaked out because this is 111 pages, and I was like, "What?" But it was just a standard page. And then like 90 pages of it is covers. No, just five. Yeah. Here's the script. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I thought it was inventive and fun, and the art was fun. I liked it. I did not super love it. I liked it. So let's do ratings, ratings, ratings out of five. I'm going to give it – I'm going to give it uh, – I'm going to give it a 3.95. Wow. I see what you're just, doing Just there. Just under a four. So four is like that was that was great, but a three point nine five is that was that was just just shy of it. So it's like that was all right. <laughs> it might have been a four unless before you told me that this is tying into Venom and I don't, that knocks it down. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go three three and a half three point five. There you go. I have no I have no I have no critical you know nothing's being done wrong here. It's it's fine work. It's just you know it's not my style. So are you gonna stick with it? Probably not. No. Okay. Well, I mean, unless, you know unless you're like, dude, that dude, next one, that next one gets point oh five more from me. I'd be like, what? <laughs> okay. All right. So there you go. Patreon.com/slash/fanboy. That's you can join up, and every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown, and we quite enjoy that. Uh, also, if you give the five dollar or higher level, you can get your own superpower live on the show as a way of thanks. So we do thank everyone who joins up, no matter what level you give at. But Charles Kim gave it the $5 or higher level. I'm sorry, not Charles. Chris Kim. I know a Charles Kim. This is not him. He's Chris Kim. I was like, there's no Charles anywhere on you. We're the future then. Not them, Charles. Chris Kim. Uh, do you know those like inflatable dudes outside of like car washes or car dealerships? I, I have two little boys. Of course I do. Uh, Chris can turn his enemies into those inflatable dudes for 30 seconds. Just enough to get away. Right. So for 30 seconds, they turn into one of those, are they, two, you know. Are, are, the, are the the villains, are they self-aware during that? Are they aware during that time? They're aware of it. There's just nothing they can do about it because sure. they are now. On the, and if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the big inflatable people that they have like an air machine and it's like a giant, like. I think that was a perfect explanation. Yeah. Just, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. People in Germany who are listening. I'm They're sure always outside of car washes and garages and stuff, which is weird. There's, there's always, yeah, anything to do with cars for some reason. Why is? I don't that? know why. I don't know why. It's very weird. It doesn't track. Car, dealerships and car washes. It's strange, but he can turn people into that thing for thirty seconds. I mean, they don't look like themselves, just you know, elongated and and rubber or whatever they're made out of. Fair enough. What are they made out of? I assume they're like vinyl. Hmm. I think. Okay. Well, that's 30 seconds. Last 30 seconds. All right. Ryan Kent. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know how uh, with certain apps you can, like a uh, navigational apps, you can download different voices? <laughs> yes. Well, Ryan can change the voice of your inner monologue. However, oh, it has to be uh, the voice of an actor within one degree from Kevin Bacon. Only one degree from Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. You can any any actor actress who's performed in a feature film with Kevin Bacon. Well, the thing about that is you, you've got a lot of great actors in JFK alone. Sure. And uh, you know you got Sean Penn. You got. Um, there's a lot of great people. So the fact is, Ryan can make your inner monologue sound like one of those people. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. it's irreversible, and it's, oh. it's not like if if he if he, he get one choice, he could if he if he was like if he looked at you and he's like Joe Pesci, the rest of your life, you can't be like, no, no, I made a horrible mistake. Yeah, no. Oh wow! Now is it is it in the voice of the actor or is it the voice of the character that was in the movie it's with the, it's, it is the actor. So but, it's not Joe Pesci as 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 Ferry, David Ferry. Yeah, but I want you to imagine <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> conflicting because it's both worse and better. Uh <laughs> I want uh, to be a priest. <laughs> you frocked me. Um <laughs> We're really getting into it now where we're like deep quoting of movies no one really remembers like that. Um, I watch JFK every Thursday for a whole semester in college. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my roommate, we had no classes in the afternoon. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, now I'm thinking about David Ferry. So that sounds fun. Yeah. For 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 Ryan, not so much for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Kevin Quas. Kevin Quas can accurately diagnose any medical condition. However, wow. he's not a doctor, so you don't really know if you really trust him. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, oh, your your arm's hurting? Well, you have... You pulled this tendon, you you strained this tendon, and you're like, "Oh, you're a doctor? No, I'm actually insert whatever Kevin Quash does for a living." And they're like, "Oh, so okay." Oh, they don't believe him. Yeah, because he's not a doctor. He's a doctor. I Unless told Kevin so. Quash happens to be a doctor, in which case that'd be very funny. But, I feel like um, it would be a good idea for him to like be like, "Well, I should go to med school because I've got a leg up here." <laughs> well, it's just diagnosing. He, you know, he doesn't know how to fix things. Yeah, that's why he's got to go to med school to put everything around yeah. it, so he can put that talent to use. That's true. But, the but you and is, I both know Kevin. I mean, he's not that. He's not that motivated. I can just imagine the whole time through med yeah. school. You know, the doctors are telling him what's what, and he's like, "I'm sorry, professor, you're wrong." <laughs> and the, the attending is will not have it. But at the end, he was right. Who was a medical student, and who was the doctor? We don't. We don't need to do any of these tests. It's <laughs> leprosy. All these expensive tests that the hospital makes money on, they're a waste of time. Uh-huh. When when Dr. Quas is in the house. Dr. Quas is a pariah to the to the administration. Tell you He's something. He's always being called up to the medical director's office. We're pretty close to a strong TV pitch here. <laughs> and I don't know if we should give this to Kevin. Although Dr. Quas sounds great. <laughs> it does sound great. Doctor Diagnosis. Tuesdays at NBC. And then the poster would be like, don't quas him. <laughs> well there you go sorry Josh and I have a, go, have a couple of meetings Eric Centeno or Centino I don't know uh, Centino. Eric, Eric has exactly like Namor the Submariner little tiny ankle wings however they do obey the laws of physics <laughs> so they just flap the bit on actually doing yeah it's like his tell like if he plays poker and his little ankles start flapping he gets really exciting yeah really exciting <laughs> 
What's that noise? He can't, he can't wear boots. It's... <laughs> what is that noise? <laughs> like, the only time it's good is, like, if you're... If he's with his significant other and they're hanging out on a hot day and they got the, he's right. got his feet up, he can right. he can fan that person slightly. But that is going to come with foot air. So, you know, take it or leave it. <laughs> Keep his feet clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hard because he, can, he can't wear socks because of the foot wings. Yep. Yep. Yeah, a, lot of foot, a lot of foot powder. Well, there a you go. Of, a lot of gold bond. Mm-hmm. So there you go, patreon.com slash fanboy. Thank you, everyone, who gives uh, to, to Patreon at all, but thank you to those who give the $5 higher level and get their superpower on the show. We thank you, and, I, and as we said before, we are not at the end, but we can see the end coming. So yeah, uh, thanks, everyone, who's given us this joy for the last two years. So I think we have time for one audience question, although I'm assuming because they don't have a clock, but let's just are, do one. We've got time for one. Uh, okay. Listen, we gave these people a lot of extra length shows, so <laughs> maybe maybe one slightly shorter one or just on time. We don't have to feel terrible about Tony S. Da- Tony, you know why? His name is Dan- <laughs> Tony Daniel. Yeah, his name is Daniel S. And that I immediately was like, Tony S. Daniel. That's what happened in my head. But Daniel S. of Texas says... I heard you guys mention Neil Stevenson. Oh, did you? And just pre-ordered his new book a few days ago. If you've read a lot of his stuff, I'd love to hear you guys pontificate, you wouldn't, on his works. I stumbled on him years ago when Quicksilver, the first of his Baroque trilogy, came out. I was enamored with his effortless blend of politics, science, technology, economics, romance, action, and adventure. I've been jonesing for something since Reem D and Seven Eves. And he would definitely be worthy of a talk explode. I mean, obviously. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, it's not it's, a comic book. It's I mean, true. I mean, we are a comic book show. We do, we do, we do teeter out onto the edges on occasion, but we only do six book explodes a year. And I wouldn't. I'd feel bad. If, it would be wrong. I think if we did one on a book. That's he just said not what the show is about. That is an interview. Oh, you want to interview him? Great, but he's I, also not a comic creator. Yeah, no, I don't know how to talk. Here's I was I mentioned I mentioned this on the social media. Um, the thing about novels for me is that I don't pick them apart. I read right. them and I turn the page until I don't want to anymore. And that's kind of as far as I go. I'm not able. Well, to... We like talking about like we have a good time yes. discussing them on the year end show. We like talk we talk to each other about them all the time. But like I just wheeze there for some reason. Where's De- Where's Quas? Um, so. Uh, this is, not, this is not what we're doing. There's plenty it, it, of, it'd be fun to talk to him, but also it's one of those things like I don't really want to know anything more about him than I do. That's the conversation I had with somebody the other day who also is a big fan of his, our, our buddy Mike Roma. He was talking about somebody who went to see him speak, and I said, you know what? I don't want to hear him speak. Yeah. I just don't want to, I just want to, him to be this strange dude who has his very arcane, specific uh, areas of interest that he goes really deep on, and every couple of years he puts a giant book out about them, and that's all I want mm-hmm. from him. I don't want to know about him. I don't even want to hear his I mean, I've heard his voice. I've seen him in videos, but like I don't want to know anything more about him. I don't know that I have, and I don't want to. In fact, I looked him up the other day for some reason because he I, he wrote a book that it was very specifically spaced in an area, and I thought, is he from that area? Because that's amazing if he's not, and he wasn't. Um, and then Where's I he slept, from? I don't even know where he's from. He, I forget. He went to school in Boston, which I think comes through in the books. He's from Baltimore. He's from around Baltimore. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Exactly. Um, but I saw his age, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, don't even want, I don't want to know his age. Like, that tripped me up. I didn't want it. Anyway, he's terrific. He's our favorite prose writer. He's not for everyone. Um, That's true. Bo- I've had several people like, I tried to read, and I was like, yeah, he's just not for you. It was just totally fine. He's a very specific kind of taste. It just so happens that me and you and Ron and some other people we, we are friends with all like it a lot. A lot. Um, Reem D and Seven Eves are terrific. Uh, I liked 
the Dodo book. I didn't love it, but I liked I, it. I really liked the Dodo book a lot. What was it called? The, the Fall and Rise of Dodo? Rise and Fall of Dodo. Um, no, but it was, it, was, it was reversed. I think it was the Fall and Rise of Dodo. Oh, that makes sense. That's his thing. Um, I, and then his, his new one, obviously, Fall or Dodge in Hell is terrific. I'm blowing through it right now. Um, and, and we love him. And we'll, he's 100% we're going to talk about Fall on the Earn show. So mm-hmm. that's where you'll get the conversation about it. But it wouldn't be appropriate to do here. No, probably not. Uh, and and also, like, I don't I don't know how much we like. It's it'd be too much. F- f- pardon the expression, fanboying. Yeah, it's very difficult to be objective or sort of. It's just like I, I just like it too much. Like it, I'm not objective about my favorite bands or or whatever. Like in a way that we've learned to be about comic books. Um, and I mean, also again, I, I hate to keep harping on the Patreon, the Patreon, but you know, if you did get. If we did get that all media show, the monthly one, eventually we'd talk about fall. You know, in in two thousand twelve twenty four when Josh finishes it. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I'm on page sixty. That works out to yeah. That's actually about right. Page sixty. Okay, yeah, it's fine. So you finally reached the inciting incident. I did. Okay. I did, and I knew it was coming because <laughs> you kept you kept saying I'm at this only this page. I was like, damn, he's even gotten to the point where the story actually starts happening. There was there was there, I will say there was a bit at the beginning where I was like, can you just get on with this? Because he was describing like a leaf, and I was like, "Well, he was really going for." I it? mean, this is what so I, this is what I love about Joe Stevenson. Sure. The main character of this book doesn't even leave his apartment for fifty pages. <laughs> <laughs> this is like he's like getting ready to leave. It's like, man, this is terrific. This is, I think, I think this book is like peak Stevenson. Yeah, and in a way, I'll, we'll talk about on the Aaron show. And it's one of those things like if it was anybody else, and we're like, this is totally self indulgent, but that's what I've come for. <laughs> I'm here for this. Yeah. This is why I'm here. Like, like my, so, if my favorite band is Dinosaur Jr., I've come for the guitar solos. It's not everybody's thing, but that's what I showed up for, and that's what I get. Contact.fanboy.com. That's where you can email us, like Daniel S. did, not Tony Daniel, and other people do. And we're sorry we didn't get more of your emails in this episode, but we got one, and that's some improvement over some episodes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about shows that are out already, Josh. Uh, we have our Booksplode uh, Daredevil Born Again uh, story, which which is an epical event uh, for Connor and myself, I think, in the in the why haven't we read this and why is anybody reading comics after this? We talk about Frank Miller and Dave Mazzucchelli's, uh, uh masterwork, I'll go ahead and say, same year as Dark Knight Returns um, and Watchmen, uh, and it kind of gets lost behind those a little bit. Which Yeah, is for sure. Uh, and then you and Paul Montgomery were Correct. the unfortunate recipients of uh, <laughs> having to do the Dark Phoenix X Men show. Um, we we short strawed it, but don't but don't don't worry. There are still people out there who are mad at you guys. That's well. That's the great tradition of our X Men shows. Is there's always somebody really mad at whatever we talk about with the X Men movies. That's fine. Yeah, that's, I mean that's, that's how it should be. Um, would you like me to talk about this next thing since I can? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tee you up. Coming okay. soon. Is Josh's Talksplode, which is the alternate show for the Booksplode, and Josh already recorded it, and I'm very excited to hear it. Yeah, uh, I spoke with uh, Batman, Mr. Miracle writer Tom King. Um, you may or may not remember, but when we brought Talksplode back three years ago, uh, he and Mitch Garrods were, I think, my first guests after I did a Mark Miller uh, interview just before that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been three years. At the beginning of that time, he either had just started or was just about to start Batman, and it was a whole new world for him. And so now you've got three years later, he's got 70 and change issues of uh, Batman under his belt, a whole lot of Eisner nominations and a couple of wins, right. I think. Um, and uh, and so we, so we caught up again, and we talked for a long time. Uh, it's Much longer than your normal show. Yeah, I... I, I 
I mean, I hate to say like, I really, this is one of my favorite conversations because I always, because they always are. I really enjoyed this talk. Um, well, it was long because it was nine panel grid. <laughs> you know what? It's also one of my most like, like I had questions and ideas and things. That we just talked and it was relevant and you'll learn a lot about comics and the industry and all that stuff if you if you watch that. And also some questions that uh, there were some stories going around and I was like, so what happened with that? And he told me. So so there's that's a tease. question. Yeah. I gave you a question to ask him about Damien and did you ask him that question? I, t- I didn't nor do I remember what the question is. The question is basically why. <laughs> I'm guessing that as an employee of DC Comics he would uh, You said I'm talking to Tom do you want me to ask you anything? I said yes for the love of God why Damien I mean, and you didn't ask it for me now I, I feel can, very hurt. I can just ask him now. No it's fine. Okay. Also coming up this month, not this month, in July will be Spider-Man Far From Home, our next special edition podcast, which is the beginning of July because it comes out, I believe, the first week of July or thereabouts. So look for that review from some semblance of our group who want to see that movie. Mm-hmm. I think we all do. And yes. those are the upcoming shows. Head over to fanboy.com. You can find all those podcasts, all of our previous special editions, all the previous talksplodes and booksplodes and all these shows we do there. FanBoy.com. Also find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking us at Facebook.com slash FanBoy and following us at FanBoy on Twitter and also following us at FanBoy Comics on Instagram. You can find the pick there, but also our best of the week and panel features there as well as Josh wearing funny hats. That is that is a thing that happened. If you like this show, you like what we do here, you appreciate uh, the, the program, uh, you can mm-hmm. write us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Uh, or I guess iTunes is actually still there. But that would be where you do it when that happens. It's dead. My stuff on mine. They have they ripped it off. No, yet. I mean it's it's not gone yet, but it's it's yeah, yeah. it's dead. So either way, when that happens, uh, Apple Podcasts is still going to be the main place to do that for this show, whatever show. Uh, but the thing is, uh, all of the word of mouth. Stuff- Make sure that those shows use their coupon codes, us to anybody. Um, you know, this long tail thing is great, but it really requires quite a lot of attention to be spread around. So uh, ring the bell for the ones that you love the most. Um, and that is all that I have for you today. Thanks for joining me, Josh, and people. And thanks for putting up with my connection or my lack of computer. And I am I am told I will have a computer by the time we do the show again. So it shouldn't be like this next time. It don't sound that bad. I completely like it's it's pretty good. Like these mics are a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> I need a monitor. I know. Uh, that makes sense. All right, let's let's so, wrap this up. I mean I hold on. I got I got a guest here. Do you want to say goodbye? Okay. No, he says no. He shook his head. I'm just sick a little okay. bit here. Well, that's that. Uh, thank you, Connor. Goodbye. Motherfucker, I got winners on the way. You ain't shit without a buddy on your belt. You ain't shit without a ticket on your plate. You ain't sick enough to put it on yourself. You ain't rich enough to hit the light escape. Tell me when destruction gonna be my fate. Gonna be a freak. Gonna be a freak. Peace to the world. Let it rotate. Sex, money, murder, I DNA.